Good evening. Continuing with our discussion of the Bhagavat Sandarbha. 58th Anucheda. Krishna's body is the complete form of Bhagavan. In his commentary in, to the Srimad Bhagavatam narration regarding the discussion between Rahugana, Jad Bharat, there's a couple really interesting portions of that discussion. One of which is in the very beginning when Rahugana actually comes to the revelation that it's just not any strong guy off the street that's carrying the palaquin. This is a self-realized soul. Once he comes to this revelation, one thing that is extremely interesting is how he deals with it. And the manner in which he dealt with it, his, you know, this epiphany that this guy really knows what he's talking about, is he immediately talks about the significance of having the association and offering respects to Krishna's pure devotees and how really that itself is the goal of human life is kind of the way he sees it, that there's no nothing to be attained that's as valuable as the association of of the Lord's pure devotee. And then, as you know, there's a discussion of philosophy, and in the discussion of philosophy, Jad Bharat, in a dialogue with Rahugana, going back and forth, enlightens Rahugana into the nature of his being, spiritual being. First of all, with a little bit of a back and forth regarding who really he is and who the king is and really what is the palaquin and you know what is the, what do the bodies have to do with our relationship and you're the king now what if I, was, I, I myself used to be a king so big deal it's not really that that insignificant that you're sitting up on the palaquin and I'm carrying it and who's really carrying the palaquin and is it me or is it the fact that these things are happening automatically through the influence of the the external energy of the Lord. So he gradually uses the circumstance to set a framework upon which he can establish a dialogue with the king that will bring him to a stage of, of self-realization. Anyway, I'm studying this section of the Bhagavatam now, and I came across a purport by Vishwanath, which is very appropriate to our understanding of what Jiva Goswami is presenting here in this 58th Anucheda. I wanted to share that with you. So it is from the 5th Canto, 12th chapter, talking about these three forms, Brahmeti, Paramatmeti, Bhagavaniti, Sabjate, Vishwanath says, they say that these three forms are included in Vasudeva, the son of Vasudeva, who is the most complete form. He is called Purnam Brahma Sanatanam, that's from the Srimad Bhagavatam, as Krishnaya Paramatmane, 
and as Tatastu Bhagavan Krishna. In the Gita, he calls himself the basis of Brahman, Brahmano he Pratistaham. He also describes himself as Paramatma, Vistabhyaham, Idam Kritsnam, Ekam Senastito Jagat. He also says Vasudevo Bhagavatam. Among the forms of Bhagavan, I am Vasudev. So Krishna is, even in the Bhagavad Gita, he's pointed out that all three of these nomenclatures are himself. But the topmost manifestation is, is himself as Vasudev. Now understand the context of the Gita. The context of the Gita is is centered around a spiritual orientation which is, for the most part, one of all in reverence. To see Krishna as the Vasudev. So we say, what we say is Vasudev Krishna. Vasudev Krishna being that Supreme Lord as residing in Mathura, Dwarka, with all of his opulences and the intimacy of his family. So it's an intimate conception when we say Vasudev Krishna. Not quite as intimate as Vraj, because the residents there, they do recognize Vasudev Krishna, their family member, as the Supreme Lord. And for the most part, they are not, they don't deviate from that kind of a consciousness. They're always kind of brought back to that. His queens, his mother, his father all the ministers. I mean, it's kind of hard to think that Krishna isn't the supreme godhead in Dwarka. He's the prince of Dwarka. He's Imagine a place like Dwarka where Krishna is the center of everything. Everyone's constantly talking about him. The most beautiful, the strongest, the most knowledgeable, the most renounced. I mean, there's nothing that we can attribute to anybody that can't be attributed to Bhagavan Sri Krishna. So this awe and reverence is there in everything and all the interrelationships. It's a dominating feature of that atmosphere. That's not there in Vraj. In Vraj, it's Krishna's just Krishna. And that really is brought to the forefront when we look to Uddhavas going to Vraj and being educated in you think you understand what this what is a loving relationship you have a friend relationship with God but look at the way these friends act look at the way look at the way they are now they're they're practically they're you've entered the the village of the walking dead what was once technicolor is now completely black and white Everybody is just overwhelmed by this lamentation. Krishna is not here. When's he coming back? And then, you know, Uddhava arrives the late in the afternoon. And, oh, they think they see Krishna's chariot and 
all of a sudden life starts to come back into the community. What I found so wonderful about this commentary is Krishna, even in the Bhagavad Gita, is expounding the fact that Vasudev Krishna, his manifestation, which is Krishna under the main conception of God. I mean, we have to say Bhagavad Gita, that's the song of God. So we have to know the song is being sung by God. So we need Vasudev Krishna to sing it. We And Vasudev Krishna is the one to sing it. Vraj Krishna did not sing the Gita. It was Vasudev Krishna that sang the Gita as the song of God, as a as an opening to humanity at large in order to give them an opportunity to understand his nature. And in the book, this nature is brought out, that he is vistabhyaham idam kritsnam ekam senastito jagat. He is the Paramatma. He is Brahman, Brahmano hi pratistaham, and Vasudeva Bhagavatam. Among all the forms of Bhagavan, I am Vasudeva. I am Vasudev. When we say Bhagavan, we mean the conception of the absolute complete whole with awe and reverence enough to recognize that complete whole as the Supreme. So this is not Raj Bhakti. And the Gita is sung by Vasudev Krishna for those that are looking for supreme spirituality, so-called supreme spirituality, where God's recognized as God. But then in Vraj, there's a supremer. There's supreme, there's more supreme, and there's most supreme. The most supreme God is the God that doesn't have to deal with all the godliness. He's free to play free to be completely unencumbered by all the, what we would consider the duties of the Godhead. Well, the Godhead actually has no duties, but he puts on quite a show for a person that doesn't have any duties. He manifests so many forms to interact in so many ways in his unlimited, uncountable material universes and unlimited and uncountable by Kunta uh, atmospheres. So Krishna's body is the complete form of Bhagavan. In the previous section, Sri Jiva Goswami showed that Sri Krishna's body is transcendental. Remember, a section is an Anucheda to Jiva Goswami. He also cited many verses verifying that the Lord became visible to certain individuals. So he's used evidence from the Bhagavatam. The Lord showed himself to Brahma at the beginning of creation. And he reappeared to Brahma and he showed himself to Kardama Muni and to the Kumaras. Hearing this, a disputant may propose the following faulty inferential statements. It's logical what's going to be presented here. Proposition, Krishna's body is material. Reason, because it is visible 
universal proposition. All visible objects have a material body. Are material, is the way it's stated. All material, all visible objects are material, like a table, etc. Application of the universal principle, Krishna's body was seen by Brahma, Kardama, and others. Conclusion, hence, Krishna's body is material. Sounds logical? Sri Goswami says this inference is fraught with the defect of kalatyayopa dista hetu abhas, or stultified reasoning. Conclusions reached by stultified reasoning are neglected by superior proof. So how does how is this reasoning arrived at by inference? Stutify is to mundane logic, basically. He's saying, Jiva's saying, this is mundane logic. Now let me give you the proper thing. You're arriving at this conclusion based on based on simply uh, inference. You're inferring it from well, if it's if you're going to see something, then we can assume it's material because if it it's not material, who could see it? Doesn't it can't exist in our field of vision? So Jiva goes on. He says the Tatvas and the Tatvas and Darba Anuchetas nine through ten. I've already shown you that the highest evidence is not is not this inference. It's actually Subda Brahman. So let's pull you back to what is the what is the true essence of, of understanding something. So valid knowledge is Subda Brahman. Then another example is given. Jiva gives an example now to to make his point. For example, one may claim fire is not hot because it is a substance. Whatever is a substance, like water, is not hot. So substance, matter, generally doesn't have a characteristic, but here we have something that falls out of the norm. Fire. Fire is also a, a material substance. Earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence, false ego. And generally, material object doesn't have a characteristic of, of generating heat. And here's fire, which is a material element, and all of a sudden there's heat associated with it. Such reasoning is called hetu abas, or logical fallacy. Basically, whatever is a substance like water is not hot. Well, this is also a fallacy, fallacy called hetu abas, or logical fallacy, and it is of the Kalatya yo padista type. This conclusion is negated by direct perception. So we don't need even Subda Brahman to negate this, which is a similar assumption that every material, no material objects have the characteristics of heat. We can perceive that one with our with our senses which reveals that it is hot. Direct perception is 
superior to inference, and thus overrules conclusions reached by such inferior processes. It's just the way that Jiva uses to bring out the significance of Subdhapraman. You can't rely on inference, and you may come to an inference that even could be easily defeated, like fire, by our direct perception. So hi- hierarchically, we would say that we have first Subdhapraman, is the topmost evidence. Then we would say sensual perception. We can perceive something with our senses, our knowledge acquired senses. And that's superior to something that we can infer based on a logic that the mind could arrive at in order to give a conclusion or an evidence. Jiva goes on, Now that it has been shown that Bhagavan's form is distinct from other objects, one should not improperly infer that his body is material because it is visible like a pot. In order to demonstrate that the Lord's body is real and free, from the six types of transformation which constitute a body, Sri Brahma accepts his form as complete in itself. Now Jiva's going to go forward. He's going to use a verse spoken by Lord Brahma that deals with the characteristics of the Supreme Lord's form and presents them in such a way that they directly refute all the six transformations that are attributed to a form, a material form, a body, a dehi. Ekastvamatma purusha purana satya svayam jyotir ananta ajya nityok saro jasra sukho niranjana purna vayo mukta upadito mrita Brahma speaking to Krishna, who's being somewhat grateful. You are the one self, the primeval supreme person, the absolute truth, self-effulgent, endless, and beginningless. You are eternal and imperishable, full of unobstructive joy, pure, perfect, and complete. Being non-dual and free from all limiting adjuncts, you are immortal. Again, Jiva is going to draw us into these verses to bring out, this is what the Bhagavatam is all about. If you could only see what is in every single word of the Bhagavatam, every sloka, It's, 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 it's amazing. All philosophical truths are presented therein by the various speakers conclusively. And any 
other conclusions that you would want to arrive at which are not in accordance with the philosophy presented in the Bhagavatam are easily defeated. So the Brahma calls the Lord, now we're going to look at different parts of the verse, Brahma calls the Lord Advaya, the non-dual reality, who is thus not limited by time, space, or any other contingency. To establish that Bhagavan is immortal, Brahma says that his body is not any of the four types of results of action. Everything in the material realm is the result of some action. Then we get into, well, what kind of actions produce a result? When something did not previously exist and is created, it is called utpadja. An example of something created is a garland, which a devotee may make for the Lord. It wasn't there, and then it is there. Somebody had to apply energy. Kriya phala. That's what's try. That's what's being brought out here. The next one: when an existent object is transformed. So the first is creating an object. We apply energy, and we can create something. Now these things don't apply to the body of the Lord. But first, let's understand what they are. Is what's being presented. When an existent object is transformed into something else, it is called vikarya. This is of two types. One is when the nature of the existent object changes, as when fire burns, burns wood to ashes. The other is when a change is made in the shape of the original object as in making bangles out of gold. Three, when the characteristics of an existent objects, I'm sorry, characteristics of existent objects are modified or improved, it is called samskara, karya, samskara, samkarya. An example is adding fragrance to water. So we're making the water nicer. We can put some petals in it some fragrant oils. And to reach the destination is called prapya. Such as when a devotee goes to the temple. This result also includes comprehending an observable entity through cognition. So an object is attained, prapya, either by physical activity or by cognition. We can obtain an object, prapya, gather. We can either go out and do it physically, or we can also accomplish gathering something, attaining something, uh, through cognition. In other words, you can meditate and obtain something. And we knew this to be factual by observance, practical observance of those who are empowered, yogis. They don't need to go up and walk over and pick up the flower. Or, or you know, they can immediately 
draw things just by just by their ability, their cognition, their their samadhi. They can go anywhere, they can become small, they become large, they can acquire anything, they can control other people's minds. They can do a lot and they don't even have to leave their sitting asana and you know, in the forest. It's a lot less work involved. Then let's talk about Krishna's body. It, all these these things don't they don't come into play. His body is pratyak or manifests exclusively by its own conscious intent and hence it is beyond all sense perception. He's he's He doesn't, he's not to be acquired, he's not the result, the body that he has is not the result of any of these things. It's not that it was created, like everybody else's body is created. There's bodies that are coming from the womb, from the seeds, from the perspiration, gestation and also from eggs so his body doesn't come from any of those it's not a transformation of any other thing like in the womb the semen of the male and the ovum of the woman they create a body there's a there's a change there that um, that emulsifies into a body and then that body grows in some magical way that it who could who could possibly do that when when you have the scientists that can accomplish that without using any of the original elements natural elements of other bodies let me know they say it's coming though i've heard that soon we'll have some created body in the meantime we'll make them out of nuts and bolts and give them a electronic brain and call them Intelligent, artificially intelligent. They'll still take your jobs, but improvements. Samskarya. Krishna's body does not go through improvement. It's already perfect and complete. Now he does improve his body, but that's for Leela. There's no well. There is change. He becomes more and more beautiful the more people love him. But it's not in a material way. And there's no destination. There's nothing to be accomplished by him having a body except interaction with his devotees. It's not like he's he has to sit in contemplation or work in in the world world in order to to acquire something. He already has it all and he's already everywhere and he can... For this reason, Brahma calls the Lord Swayanjoti or self-luminous. So again, this word comes back into the dialogue. Self-luminous. There's nothing, it's, it's, it illuminates itself. You can't apply anything external 
to understand the Supreme Lord's form. It's revealed to you. No amount of intellect will allow you to see the Lord's form. The biggest flashlight in the world is not going to, you know, afford you entrance there. Because you are the Atman, your truth, Satya, the import is that you are the ultimate limit of reality or truth, since all other objects are true only by taking support of the truth that is you, the supreme shelter. This is stated by the Devas when they prayed, We take shelter of you whose essence is truth, you who are true to your vow, who value truth above all, who are truth in past, present, and future, you who are the womb of truth, who are concealed in all truth, and who are the truth of truth. You are the eye of truth in the cosmic law. It's from prayers by uh, the devas for Krishna in the womb because it's coming from the second chapter of the tenth canto. Another evidence, Ujjama Parva of the Mahabharata also states, Sri Krishna is situated in truth and truth is situated in Krishna. The truth of Govinda is beyond even Satyaloka, the abode of truth. And thus he is called Satya by name. Then the dialogue will continue with an explanation of the six transformations that a material body goes through. Birth, growth, being sustained, giving some offspring or creating something, dwindling, and then, well, we know the end. (laughs) I'll stop there for this evening. Are there any questions? Thank you so much for your association.